0: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the official Vox podcast. I'm your host, Sohail Dinat, senior content writer at Vox, and once again, it's my pleasure to be your host. Our guest today needs no introduction. His name is Richard Frost, and even though it sounds like a snowman, I can assure you he's one of the coolest people we've gonna we're gonna have on the show. Head of cybersecurity, master of all things secure, one of the drivers behind our new product Amata, and a man who could probably hack you. Hello, Richard, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you for being our guest today. Hey Sahel, thank you very much for having me, yet, and uh, really excited to to be chatting with you today. The excitement is definitely mutual. I know that from all our interactions there's never been a dull moment. So I'm looking forward to really benefiting from your expertise. Let's get straight into it, Richard, before we even talk cybersecurity. Tell us about yourself. Who are you? What's been your journey so far? And how did you become the potential cyber threat you are today?
1: Thanks, Sal. So, yeah, I had a a very um, Mega starts. I started uh, in IT through um, dimension data in cabling, moved through into the network space, into network monitoring, um, and then started working for small distribution companies, learning about the different product sets that are out there, application performance monitoring, servers. Um, started looking about security products with Checkpoint and, and a few others in in the early days, and then through the the 2000s uh, or the 2000s. Um, started focusing more and more on cybersecurity to the point that I've now uh, dedicated my entire existence to cybersecurity, um, really enjoying the building of Amata, productizing some of the new services and products into that space, um, as well as trying to leave some time for the family. You know, I've got three small kids. It's an interesting work-life balance, you know, juggling the kids and, and work, especially with work from home these days and the kids making you know unscheduled interruptions into your team sessions but yeah that's basically me
0: in a nutshell yeah i've actually got my first kid on the way and i'm trying to maximize my peace of mind and peace of quiet on my morning team's calls i know that once the baby is born it's not going to be the same but tell me richard what inspired this journey towards cybersecurity? what is your first experience with the whole concept and how did your passion and your love grow
1: so I think from an early age even, I've always been very intrigued by aspects of law enforcement. Um, I actually at, at one stage even wanted to become a um, police officer specifically in the air wing and flying helicopters with them. Um, had a fascination with the FBI on TV shows and you know law enforcement agencies in general. And then moving into the IT space, we kind of got first-hand um, access to you know different threats that were happening. Um, started off with the network security and people trying to hack the firewalls. I mean, as early as the late '90s, we were tracking hackers using you know instant messaging programs and stuff like that. And I think the love just grew. And as I got into the application space, we started understanding how the threats were written into the software. Um, you know, with the vulnerabilities that are out there, um, and then it just grew into like this love of cyber security from all aspects of it, getting more involved with incident responses and and tracking the hackers down and, you know, figuring out how they got in and what we can do to stop it. It, It's actually quite exciting. Generally, though, the biggest issue that you find from cybersecurity is there's a serious lack of skills and there's a serious lack of investment in organizations on cybersecurity. It makes the job of the cybersecurity person more interesting, but it's also quite sad to see the impact of that. Um, And it, it kind of makes you want to do more for the community, do more for businesses, um, helping them to kind of have that peace of mind that their businesses are secure. They're not going to have any downtime. They're not going to be impacted by those breaches to the point where, you know, some of these clients that have been hit, they've had to close their doors. Um, reputational damage, the, the cost of the breach, it's, it's really a sad thing. So, you know, our whole mission in life is to actually protect those businesses and help them to operate.
0: I mean, it's so interesting because you look at a world where everything has gone digital, from banking to even dating. And it's amazing to see the correlation how your dream as a kid was to be a policeman. And then in a manner of speaking, you still are fighting crime. But even that's gone digital. Uh, What are your thoughts on, you mentioned a lack of skills or lack of... Um, interest in it. What are your thoughts on future generations? I mean, cybersecurity isn't something you can exactly study at college, but do you see it becoming a field of study and a field of expertise, or do you foresee people more landing into it?
1: Yeah, yeah Sahel, so I think um, there's a lot more media attention on cybersecurity, so I think a lot more children are going to be looking at that. Um, you know, I jokingly said to my two year old twin boys the other day, Hey guys, you know, are you gonna follow Daddy's footsteps and going to cybersecurity? And I got this, yes. <laughs> um, so you know, I, I know they don't understand what cybersecurity is, but yeah, the emphasis that we need to place is it is a secure uh, 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 career choice that we can make. If you think about ten years ago, um, aspects of careers that are available now never existed. If you look in ten years' time, there's gonna be things available then that we don't even think of now, and I'm sure even from cybersecurity, you know the threats are going to evolve to a point you've got AI, you've got nanobots, you know, IoTs become the new threat vector. I'm sure our kids are probably going to be working on things like cyborgs and, you know, nanotechnology and the cybersecurity aspect being used by by threat actors. So I'm sure it's 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 going to be a path. It's going to be something where the kids are either going to start off learning about cybersecurity and, and understanding the basics of applications and systems and networks to 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 grow their cyber awareness. Um, But I think it's going to be the kids from an early age are going to see, oh, that's exciting. I'd like to get into it. Otherwise, yeah, it's it's going to be an opportunistic thing where somebody's been working in IT for 10 years. They've suddenly realized that there's so much need for cybersecurity skills and they're going to probably change their career path. And hopefully they'll have that strong enough base that the transition is
0: quite easy. I personally tend to agree. I think the way cybersecurity is getting more recognition and it's becoming more and more prevalent, I think it's definitely going to be an area where education and skills development is going to be a focus area moving forward. But on that note, why does it seem like there's more spotlight on cybersecurity these days? Is it because they're becoming more common and these attacks are becoming more frequent or is it just finally getting the spotlight that it deserves?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, we raised the point in a webinar earlier um, on the launch of Armata where we kind of spoke about the fact that the cost of breaches and the amount of money being made by these threats actors are superseded drug dealers. You know, if you look at um, some of the notorious and well-known drug dealers, you know, like the, the Pablo Escobar's that were worth billions, you know, some of these hacking groups now are worth, worth the same amount of money. Um, there's examples of that that one hacker Who freely drives around in Russia With his Lamborghini saying, you know, I'm a hacker uh, On his registration plate um, I think it's cre- created notoriety And I think there's a lot more hackers because of it But I think there's also that group of individuals Who are quite keen on the whole aspect of hacking But do it more for an ethical <laughs> aspect And that's where they get into the whole cybersecurity aspect um, So I think that's that's created that Awareness and it's created that almost like, um, I'm trying to think of a, of a word for it, like a, 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 a dream or a, um,
0: a glorifying Sorry.
1: it. Yeah, yeah yeah so it's basically glorified the whole field. And um, I think if you look at programs like there's the CSI Cyber, um, it's glorified the FBI agents that are working in the cybersecurity divisions. Um, and I think it's the challenge, you know. Everybody likes the challenge of tracking a hacker, trying to stop the attempt. You know, if you think about uh, paintball, you know, red team, blue team exercises in cyber security is kind of like a paintball game, except using computers. And cyber security is like playing paintball with um, the hackers. You know, nobody actually gets hurt, but you are competing against them to see who's going to win.
0: I think there's definitely something in that. I think if you look at shows like Mr. Robot and the way hackers are portrayed in the media, it's always this very cool, edgy guy with a hoodie and he's doing his thing and there's nobody on that skill level. Um, But I think if we could sort of glorify the, the, the image of the people who are countering him, such as yourself, you might see people more on the correct side of the spectrum. But tell us off the record, Richard, have you ever hacked anyone? So,
1: I wouldn't say I've physically hacked anybody, but I have organized with hackers to attack trolls. And what I mean by that is, there's been a cyber bully. They've been completely offline. I mean, if you think about it, we spoke about um, cyber bullying, um, you know, being targeted at kids to the point where some people have actually even committed suicide. Um, And it's something that I don't stand for, you know, trolls and, and cyber bullies are just... They're just a no-go so yes personally i have um orchestrated attacks on a troll and a cyber bully just to kind of take their offline presence um you know online presence offline takedown service if you want to call it that um <laughs> i can
0: neither confirm nor deny if i've actually hacked somebody directly <laughs> i think that would be the safest option but i'll read between the lines It's interesting that you did mention that though, Richard, because cyberbullying is a topic that I'm personally very interested in. And it's something that actually frustrates me quite a lot because I've seen firsthand people who've been cyberbullied, I've seen people who've been trolled, I've seen people who've been catfished, and more often than not, I feel like they're completely powerless to do anything about them, especially with the veil of anonymity that uh, the internet provides. So what would you recommend to someone who's been cyberbullied who would like to either identify or report their attacker? What, what, what steps do you have? So yeah, Suhal, it's a great question. So there
1: are organizations that are being put in place, private organizations. I think our law enforcement in South Africa is a little bit behind um, in supporting us on it, and, and we are growing that aspect. We do partner with organizations like Wolfpack and Alert Africa um, that are very much working on solutions to assist um, the man on the streets. You know, the corporations, they fork out a lot of money for that kind of protection. But you and me that's sitting at home, we don't have that kind of money. Um, the education in school, you know, explaining to to the children how to be aware of, um, you know, the phishing attacks, being aware of cyberbullying, being aware of sexual predators and, and how to avoid them. Um, education is a big thing, and that's something we definitely want to do. When you, when you do experience something like that, you know, you have the ability to to get a hold of us at Amata. We can direct you through the correct procedures. But at the same time, we do need to log that case with the South African Police Services so that we can work hand in hand with them to try and um, either mitigate that, that situation that you've been in or to try and help resolve or to try and help you in some way to actually recover from it if, if at all possible. Um, you know, things like Credit card fraud, we, we can work with the banks to assist you on that. Um, the cyber bullying. we can try to take down services. Um, we can do all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, we do need to have that, that case logged with the police before any legal um, proceedings can happen. Yeah.
0: You've mentioned something called Amata a few times now, but we haven't fully delved into that. Could you explain to our listeners who might be unfamiliar with the concept? I understand it's still very, very early in the rollout stages. What is Amata? Um, tell our listeners at home what they can expect or what are we planning to do with it and how they can benefit?
1: Yeah, hell, so, I mean, Amata is a cybersecurity division within Vox that we've decided to create its own identity, Um Predominantly, we've in the past looked at the consumer and SMB um, client base in conjunction with the Vox um, fiber to the home and fiber to the business base. What we've realized, though, is there's a lot more businesses out there from the consumer, from the SMB through the, the SME to the enterprise that are looking for fresh eyes, a, a fresh way of thinking um, and some collaborative efforts you know, to protect them. Uh, and that's the reason why we're no longer just focusing on the basic technology and services, you know, the managed security services around your endpoints, your emails, your firewall. We still offer those, but we want to enhance it. We want to become more proactive rather than reactive. We want to start working with consultancy businesses to help you with your pop-peer. We want to start looking at your data. Where does it sit? Who's got access to your data? How do we prevent people from getting access to your data that shouldn't have it? Um, and Armata and has become the vehicle you know, that we've built to actually deliver those services and, and you know, to grow the presence. Um, yeah, so, you know, at the end of the day, we'd like to build a, a very secure operation centre um, that will be able to offer these services to our customer. We want to build the people, the processes, the technology to, to deliver these services. The goal at the end of the, the day is not just to, have the best of breed technology but to also offer the best services that are available you know keep the clients happy protect their data you know amata is amata your cyber defense
0: force so it certainly seems like your reinforcements and not just reactively but proactively i just hope that you guys are more competent than our actual defense force in south africa <laughs> um here's a question richard for your average businessman sitting at home, doesn't run a Fortune 500 company, he's probably vastly underestimating the importance of cybersecurity. If I ran a business who was bringing in ten fifteen thousand rand a month just as a side hustle, I wouldn't think that I need to invest in cybersecurity. Hackers aren't going to target me. I'm not a threat. What are your thoughts on that? Do you feel like everyone is a threat and you should really underestimate this with caution?
1: So hell yeah. The short answer is everyone is under threat. Um, I'll use my mother as an example. You know, she always complains about the fact that her knitting patterns have viruses attached. You know, um, I imagine that you're a business user and you go and download something innocently and there's a virus. Um, it can create massive disruption. You know, even your side hustle. You're doing fifteen k a month, as you said. You know, your PC goes offline. You can't hustle anymore, especially if you're doing something remotely with your PC. So. I'm not saying you're earning fifteen. go spend 10000 on cybersecurity a month. Meet your budget. Try and see what you can do to mitigate as much as possible with the lowest cost point. You know, we, we have bundled offerings that reduce that cost to the customers depending on, you know, how big they are and, and what they can afford. The guy that's doing the side hustle would probably fall under the consumer side. You know, we have um, packages that you can actually buy online and pay off monthly as part of your, your fiber bundles even. Um, There's different aspects. So, yeah, I mean, just reach out to us. We can advise you on what's best for your current scenario um,
0: and and see what we can do to assist you. My understanding is that the potential damage incurred by a cyber threat or a cyber hack far outweighs the minimal investment required to just prevent it in the first place. What about the small business owner who also believes that he's not going to be a threat or that there's no way on earth that a hacker is going to target him. Can you just explain how everyone is vulnerable, regardless of the size of your business?
1: Yeah, Sahel. So, I mean, if we have a look at um, some of the attacks that have been out there recently, I mean, let's let's use the the case of the, the Kaseya hack. That was probably the most overachieved hack ever. Um, I don't believe the group that initiated the attack actually realized how big the opportunity was, to the point where they, they managed to reach so many different people. Um, they actually panicked and went to the American government and said, look, I'll tell you what, you guys pay us a lump sum and, you know, we'll call off the attack. What effectively happened is the small entities, 20, 30 users, you know, were caught out in the attack. Another example, Nopetia, was kind of designed to attack a particular country. It managed to spread boundaries because it's digital, it's cyber, it's, it's not restricted to the country's borders. And the next second, the entire globe was hit by the same, same ransomware. Um, and again, small businesses, even to this day, you know, they haven't actually put the correct patching in place to, to protect themselves from the vulnerabilities that are um, utilized by the, the ransomware. And, you know, four years later, we've still seen people with, with that ransomware being attacked and they still are small organizations. The other aspect is you have what they call script kitties. And script kitties are guys that are getting into hacking and they go and download something or pay for something on the dark web. And that could be the NotPetya ransomware. So four years later, the guys will go and use that same ransomware and go and, you know, reuse it. And it's the small companies that don't have that security in place that are being attacked. You know, South Africa is the third most attacked or targeted country in the world. And the main reason why is because we don't take cybersecurity seriously And we don't have the right systems and and tools in place. If you're thinking about the fact that cybersecurity costs you a lot of money, think about it this way. You're an SMB. You may be making 4 million rand a month. You suddenly get hit with a ransomware that's going to cost you, sorry, 4 million rand a year. The the breach is going to cost you 4 million rand. And you could probably have mitigated that with a 5 grand a month security bundle and another 5 grand a month cyber insurance policy. You know, is it really worth having your business close its doors because you couldn't afford to pay the breach as opposed to paying that 10 grand a month for the
0: mitigation? I don't know. And I know a lot of people will think, will hear cybersecurity and think my word, I need to have Pentagon level encryption and a higher grade firewall. Could you just explain how simple or how complicated the most basic forms of troubleshooting are? Yeah, so Hal. I think it's it's a case of
1: um, putting in place the correct policies, maybe, and 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 procedures to mitigate risk before you you spend money on expensive tools. If you're a small organisation, simple things like a a password policy, a strong password, um, will actually help mitigate some risks. Things like multi-factor authentication, where you need to get a, a code to your cell phone that you need to enter when you log in, will help. You know, we've we've heard recently a lot of account hijacking where. Customers are sitting on something that everybody knows of, Office 365. And um, people are hijacking those accounts because of weak passwords. Um, If you put multi-factor authentication there, it would would eliminate that. Once you've hijacked the account, you can go send emails as a trusted source to anybody with ransomware. And you now become almost the perpetrator because it's your email account that's sending out the phishing mails. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's so many different things that you can do. You can put in... You know, basic security things like uh, uh, anti-malware software on your endpoint, putting in firewalls on, on the networks. If, if you have a, an office with a lot of staff in it, uh, email security is a big one. You know, 95 percent of ransomware is delivered via an email. So put in the right tools where you need to. Um, and if you can afford it and if you need the, the additional security, then start looking at the, the encryptions and the data protection and all those different things.
0: And what about education? I understand that awareness and and informed employees are a big part of cybersecurity. Can Amanta assist when it comes to employee awareness training?
1: Yeah, so definitely. I think we've got solutions in place already um, that offer those awareness trainings. We're working with organizations like Alerts Africa to make our children more aware in schools. Um, We have corporate awareness training portals where you can actually measure your current security footprint. get a risk score um, put an education facility together send out videos educating your staff track how well they're doing send out simulated attacks to test whether they've learned anything and then the reporting dashboard will tell you listen your finance team are still clicking on the link you know you need to go and get them retrained again User awareness is probably one of the most important things in cybersecurity at the moment. I think 95% of the attacks out there could probably be prevented with a bit of user awareness training, teaching the people how to spot a phishing attack, how to spot ransomware, you know, teaching them about password policies and
0: stuff like that. Zero trust as well. Zero trust, 100%. Okay, Mr. Frost, I thank you for your insight and expertise. And from speaking to you before, I know that this podcast could probably go on for another three hours. However, I think we've done a good overall job in covering the essentials and our audience is more than welcome to contact you for any further questions regarding Armata. That's all we have time for today. But before I wrap up, I'm going to give you one last chance to leave us for some final advice for our listeners out there. Anything else you want to close out on?
1: Yeah, thanks for hell. I think um, just to, to the listeners out there, just remember, be cyber smart, okay? Just double check what it is that you're doing. Think about simple things like locking your machine before you walk away. You know, whatever you as an individual can do to to create awareness and, and to protect yourself against cyber crime. Um, and then, you know, don't be scared to reach out to us. If you want us to come in and do a risk analysis of your environment, we can do that um we can advise you on on what products and services to take you know to make yourself more cyber cyber secure and if you're looking at educating your children around cyber security and making them cyber smart you know reach us reach out to us and you know we can point you in the right direction there as well
0: and that's all we have time for today a big thank you once again mr frost it's been an absolute pleasure and this has been the easiest podcast i've done so far to all our listeners back home, if you're a fan of the Voxcast, be sure to like, share, follow our pages as well as keep your eyes peeled for our next episode. Until then, stay cyber safe and Vox out.